This call is being recorded. Good morning, team. Thank you so much for jumping on the call today. The Monday Morning Pep Talk, episode number 143. It's officially time to pivot. Yes, it is. I have spent a lot of time, 20 years in this marketplace, and have been through several pivots. And we're going to get into we're going to get into that today. But before we do that, I always have to remind you of my professional purpose, and that is to help you, the broker, optimize your productivity and help you become the best version of yourself. Why? Because I truly feel that happy brokers sell more real, real estate. And I do that by helping you handle challenges and opportunities that you face every single day. If you can effectively manage certain situations that arise on a daily basis in your business, you'll be more productive and live a life that is the best version of you. And on this episode of my Monday Morning Pep Talk, I will discuss the advice I've been giving agents on how to position themselves for our new normal in the real estate market. The market has shifted. You know it. I know it. But now what? What tools and skills are needed? What mindset is needed? How, how do you navigate this market while keeping your sanity? Now, today, I'll give you my thoughts and help you lay out the basic groundwork to build your quarterly business plans that you can build your quarterly business, business plans around for the foreseeable future. Now, first, I want to I wanna rewind. Um, as a real estate broker and a leader, I've had to do a hard pivot seven times in the last 20 years in this Chicago market. 2022 is, will be my eighth pivot. 2001, I went full-time in the Chicago market. I had to pivot from corporate life to becoming a full-time real estate broker. I was taught by the brokerage that I was with in the very beginning how to be transactional, right? Uh, because we sold primarily new construction condos. We would sell out a building, punch the building down with, you know, and I learned how to be transactional and, and found that uh, I had to teach myself the basics. I'm 100% self-taught as it relates to being a real estate broker, other than my virtual mentors. In 2007, you guys know that in my story, I, you know, I, I, lost a million five in commissions that evaporated that fall. And I had my real estate heart attack in February, 2008, when I realized that the, that the market economy was not improving anytime soon. Buyers wanted nothing to do with real estate. Sellers were in denial. Um, I had to either pivot or change or not survive, right? I started my journey at that time to build my business. And again, 100% self-taught through my virtual mentors, YouTube and Google. It was during that time that I learned to become a high performing real estate broker, doubling my business four times in five years. So right there, there's two pivots, 2001 and the fall of 2008. That took me through 2013. 
had to pivot again in 2013 when the market woke up and buyers jumped back in to the market with a friend with a frenzy for the first time in five years most of the excess inventory was purchased and we got back to a normal month normal market of five months of inventory plus or minus can you believe that five months is a normal market what we would do for five months of inventory right now right bad product didn't sell without massive price drops it was really a pricing game you had to be spot on move product during that period of time nice product sold if the price if it was priced right multiple uh, multiple offers happened but it was very rare during that period of time agents like i said had to pivot to learn how to price become good marketers learn new marketing tactics using social media in 2013 i had to you know, was when I got into leadership at Jameson Sotheby's International Realty and I had to pivot not just to the market changes, but also to becoming a leader. So that was 2013 to 2016. 2017 to 2019, the market became a little bit sluggish. Again, it was, you know, you had to really price properties correctly or they wouldn't sell. There was a little run up on prices Prices came back down again in 2017 and 2019. Now, again, remember, we did not have millennials in the marketplace at this time. There just wasn't a lot of buyers, right? Um, after that feeding frenzy of 2013 to 2016, the millennials had, had, had not entered the marketplace yet. Um, the millennials really wanted to stay in a rental environment. So it, it, that led to lavish rental buildings that hit the market here in Chicago that gave amazing amenities. They paid a ton of money to live there. And, um, and then by late 2019, millennials started to hit their late twenties, early thirties and demand started to pick back up late, late, late 2019, leading us to a strong start of 2020. Now, this is, a, this is a, a year that is all incredibly fresh in your minds. But if you remember, we started out the first quarter of 2020 was incredibly strong. We, were, we hit a lot of records here at Jamison Sotheby's for those first three months. And then literally two years ago to this week, COVID-19 started shutting things down. And we spent the, the, uh, the, you know, the next three months pivoting to a completely different market where we just hope to keep deals together, right? After spending weeks isolated in their homes, many buyers decided that they where they lived was just unworkable and they knew they needed more space or they wanted to move out of their current area knowing that for the foreseeable future they were going to be remote, okay? And by July of 2020, we were off to the races. So in just 2020 alone, we made two major pivots, two major pivots. We focused again in 2021. That market just continued. In 2021, we had to pivot to harvest time, right? It was harvest time. We, we may never see another year like 2021. Buyers wanted to buy at all costs to take advantage of their new remote 
work lives, low interest rates, and the mobility that they now had. A decade of pent-up demand hit the market in a matter of 18 months, from July of 2020 through 2021. Inventory evaporated, prices soared, and let's just face it, it was an insane year for us on so many levels. Now, here we are in 2022, and as I explained in my call last week, which was episode 142, 2022 housing talk or housing market talk tracks. You have not listened to that. You need to go back and listen to that 38 minute call where I went into the economic realities that we see today. There is still a ton of demand for housing and incredibly low inventory with the U.S. being down almost 5 million homes. With supply chain issues, lack of labor, and construction times, there's no significant new product in sight. There's going to be small projects, single-family homes, lots of permits being issued, but can can we get them built? We just can't build them fast enough. Based on what economists have said about housing, it could take five years for the inventory situation to correct. Similarly, it took five years for us to correct from 2008 to 2013. The time frame could be similar. Now, again, if I knew for sure, I'd be the wealthiest guy on the planet, right? If I could tell you exactly what was going to happen. All I can tell you is what I told you in the call last week. We have economic factors playing in that show us that there is unbelievable demand and lots of money in the marketplace and not enough houses. The one thing we need to keep an eye on is affordability at the lower price points, especially with all of the inflation and all the other things that we have coming up. So we'll need to keep an eye on that. So team, it is officially time to pivot and accept the fact that we need to adapt to the broker mindset. Order takers will not survive. And my final market prediction, I think more agents will leave the industry in 2022 than any other year. What do brokers do differently than an order taker, right? Brokers, we need to redefine In this new market, brokers find properties through their networks, which is your list of relationships. Here are 10 areas, and then I've got a bonus one for you as well, that I would really focus on to maintain your sanity and consistent growth in your business. If you do, I firmly believe firmly believe that you'll have the the best days are in front of you. Number one, team, you have to pivot. You have to, you have to pivot. This is the, you know, I, I don't want it to take a real estate heart attack for you to force you to pivot like it did for me in 2008. 
that day that I woke up and I said, this market is not changing and I better adapt or I'm going to be buried. And that's when I woke up that February morning of 2008 with tears on the pillow, adrenaline pumping through my veins, knowing that I better start this process of shifting how I did business. This market is what it is. You need to accept it and adapt to it because it's going to be like this for a while. You have to be a hunter. And a farmer in this market. That's number one, pivot. Number two, you must master your list. Your hot list, your warm list, your top 100 have never been more important. You need to obsess over them daily. Maintain relationships like you've never maintained them before. Now, relationship, a relationship-based business has always been the foundation. Relationship mindset has always been the foundation of a strong business. But in this market, your ability to survive is at stake. You should be spending a minimum of 20% of your time on the phone. If you watch an ELP, an elite level producer, they are obsessive about staying in contact with people. They are working that phone, whether it's through text, direct messages, phone calls, all day long. All day long. They are making the phone ring and negotiating deals. A relationship-based model works in every market. Revert back to your ninja training for those of you who have taken it. For those of you in Chicago, we're going to do an installation in October. If you have not done an installation, you need to take one. Can't wait to get Melanie Frank here in October to do ours. She's a good friend. She's amazing. We're super excited to have her details on that forthcoming. If you've taken Ninja, take another one. Take another installation. I'm telling you, this is where the this is where the money is at. Number three, choose wisely. Twenty percent of your clients steal eighty percent of your joy. Create boundaries and be non-negotiable with them. Let your intuition guide you. If it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. If, if you call me and ask me or tell me that you've got this miserable client, a really difficult, unreasonable person that is crushing you, I'm going to ask you, did you know when you took them on? And I've been asking that question. Nine out of 10 times, the agent will tell me, yeah, I had a feeling they would be, they would be really unreasonable. Nine out of 10 times. Your intuition told you. You did it anyway. What happens is that agents are like squirrels, right? Like we like to squirrel away nuts for the winter. We take anything and everything knowing that it's probably not good for us. And you get burned. 20% of your clients will steal 80% of your joy. Number four, set expectations with everyone. Decide now. Not to invest too much time with someone that is not serious about entering 
the market as it is today. This is really probably the area where you need to pivot the most. You need to set, set those expectations with everybody. Initial consultations, listing presentations have never been more important. The last thing you want to do is work the phone, find an off-market property that you can get a lead jump on, right? And then you take a client there who says, you know what, this is great, this is awesome, but we're not ready. You have got to make sure that they are ready, they are on your hot list, meaning they're going to buy in the next week if they find the right house, before you take anybody out and show them properties. That is an extreme amount of time that you've just lost there. It's not fair to everybody involved, including yourself, the buyer that you took out because you didn't explain the expectations, the, the agent that you took and got that person into the home, the home that the person who owned it had to leave to show it to your client who wasn't ready. Not okay. And that's where expectations come in. Focus the majority of your time on your hot list while nurturing your warm list. Make sure they are ready. This is all the stuff that maintains your sanity. To put all that work into something and then to have somebody say they're not ready. I'm telling you right now, now that you know, if you're listening to this call, now that you know this and you, and you don't set those expectations and you get into the home with somebody who's not ready to buy, got to point the thumb on that. Unless they told you they were ready to buy and then they get there and then they're not ready to buy. That, that will happen too. Set expectations with everyone. Number five, know your role. You are not a financial advisor or an economist. I'm not a financial advisor or an economist. I just take what I hear. I'm an editor, right? I take what I hear and I, rebrand, I repurpose it. But you are not a financial advisor or an economist. You are a real estate broker and your job is to find properties for your buyers and find the best buyers for your sellers. Don't try to make sense of this market. Just do your fiduciary responsibility to your best, to the best of your ability. Don't try to make sense of it. We, we haven't seen this kind of growth or this kind of market in Chicago ever. And it's hard for some of us to get our arms around it. But your job's not to do that. Your job is to go and hunt. Find a property for your buyer and let them make the financial decision, okay? Number six, work smarter. Build your systems, your processes, your habits and routines to support this new market. You should never reinvent the wheel. Now, these are the areas that I want you to spend the majority of your time on during your 12-week year process, okay? Go back to episodes 131 and 132 where I put a wrap on 2021. Okay. 12-week year is the book I've been, is my, is my manual, right? My manual for uh, business planning. We're going to start getting back into that next week as we wrap up March and we start thinking about Q2. Okay. Number seven, build capacity. Do you have strategic partnerships with like-minded brokers in your brokerage from around the country, right? Is it, do you have the capacity, do you have capacity needs? 
Do you need an assistant? Do you need an assisting agent? Sometimes it's just creating that strategic partnership with an agent in your brokerage that you can share, um, you know, capacity with or refer business off to, to different people based on normally where the boundaries come in, where someone might refer a piece of business off would be based on geography or price point. You know, if it's too far of a drive or, you know, it's an area that you don't work a lot in. Um, be prepared to do that. Have those relationships build up. Okay. Number eight, plan breaks in the action. You need to sprint and celebrate. I talked about this um, in episode 140. I did a pre-recording, pre-recorded call when I was in Key Biscayne, Florida a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I called that episode the life hack I wish. I wish that I had learned earlier. And that is about planning out your year, planning out, you know, your your uh, timeframes where you have a trip to look forward to. Okay. Keep your mind focused on something fun coming up. I think what I talked about there is that a lot of people get so burnt out, then they plan the trip. It's you're too late. Travel is hard to do right now because of the prices and availability of where you want to go. Okay. Sprint and celebrate. Number nine, take care of your mind and body. So important. I, I need to, I could probably do an entire call on this and probably will at some point. In episode 141, I talked about planting the right seeds. And that was where I went into planting in the spring and harvesting in the fall. Taking care of your mind and body is like sun and water to the growing process. Say that again. Taking care of your mind and body is like sun and water to the growing process. If your mind and body break down, everything else breaks down. If you do not care for, if you do not care for yourself, you will crater. My suggestion is, is that you build a ritual where you take one day a week that you do not take appointments. I have found through talking to some brokers that Monday is a good day for that. Okay. Monday is a good day for that. Don't take inspections. Don't take appraisals. Don't take anything. No, you're not available on Monday. You need a, you need a day where you can catch your breath, take care of your body, take care of your mind, build other rituals, workouts, how you eat all of it into, into your, into your day, you know, in your weeks and your years, excuse me, in your weeks. And, um, if you don't, you're you're going to really struggle. And this is where I where I get the nine one one calls right from people because they just they just haven't taken time for themselves. Um, number ten, be a good person, be a good broker. The true test of your character is on display in markets like this. Okay, your reputation will win you opportunities for your buyers, and could also lose you opportunities. There's real equity in your, in your reputation right now. Ask yourself, how am I perceived in this market? Do other brokers find me professional and want to do a transaction with me? If a broker and his or her client 
had five offers on the table and they were all similar and it came down to picking a broker that could get it done, would they pick me? Why? Build a list of brokers in the area that have similar product and clients. Become, you know, really invest in those relationships. They will become your MLS. Consider them an internal client. What do I mean by that? Your external clients are those that you, your clients that you work with to buy and sell, but your internal clients are those relationships you have in the industry. Bonus tip. If you haven't already created your financial freedom account, do it this year. It is my opinion that you need anywhere from six to 12 months of operating cash as a 1099 to be able to navigate the next pivot. Okay, the next pivot. I am not a financial advisor. Okay, so see your financial advisor for their thoughts on the amount that you should keep. If you don't have a financial advisor, identify a fiduciary that you can trust. Team, if you work smart, protect your boundaries, and keep your mind and body right, this next phase will be your best. Buyers want to buy and sellers are out there, so you need to go find them. The next phase will be as much about the mental game as it will be about your skills. Can you keep your mind right? Can you protect your boundaries? You will make a lot of money and live a happy life if you go about it the right way. And I'm not saying it's not going to be stressful. It's going to be stressful most of the time. But this market won't overwhelm you if you don't let it. I have too many case studies now that show this to be true. Show this to be true. You got to trust me. I've been doing this for 20 years. I'm on the phone all week, every week with brokers. I understand what's going on out there. And I understand the difference, differences between who's doing it right, who's not doing it right, who's winning, who's not winning. Who's frustrated, super, super frustrated, which was a lot of you. But then I see people that have already pivoted and are doing fine. Okay. This is going to get posted um, later today on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Um, if you want to get it in email format and you're not already getting it, just uh, send me an email to askjimmiller.com. Just say, please put me on your email newsletter in my team will add you. Grateful for all of you. Have an amazing week. And uh, we're going to get back into some business planning in the coming next coming week. Okay. Thank you, team. Talk to you soon. Bye.